0: I have to tell you, I'm a a fan of David Crowder's. One of the things I like about him is he's just so different than any other Christian singer. He's kind of crazy, actually, which is one of the things that I like about him. He's down to earth. In fact, I would call him maybe down home. Marge and I had the um, opportunity to see him in concert, oh, I don't know, five or six years ago. He was playing out at the underground in Forest Park. And afterwards, we stood in line, and we got to shake his hand and meet him and say, like, two words and have our picture taken. And the song, How He Loves, is such an interesting song to me. The imagery is compelling. I find it amazing. Love like a hurricane. Grace like an ocean. And I was thinking about those opening words, he is jealous for me. And they made me stop and think, I mean, the word jealous usually has kind of a negative connotation to it, doesn't it? At least the way we usually use it, like, I'm so jealous of that new Porsche he bought, or I'm so jealous of her new shoes. So I was thinking, what does David Crowder mean when he says, he is jealous for me? So I Googled it. I looked up the definitions for jealous online, and one of the definitions means fiercely protective, vigilant. Now, fiercely protective of me has a whole different connotation to it, doesn't it? Because think about the people in your life who you are fiercely protective of. They're the people you love the most in your life. Your wife, your husband, your children, your grandchildren. It makes me think of a mama bear or a papa bear fiercely protecting their baby cubs no matter what. And that is deep love. That's the kind of love that changes us when we experience it. That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about love. This Advent Sermon Series is loosely based on an idea that John Wesley expressed in one of his early sermons. He was the founder of Methodism way back in the 1700s, and that sermon was called The Almost Christian And it expresses the way a person can have all the outward appearances of a Christian. They go to church. Maybe they volunteer in activities at the church. They do good things. Yet they haven't really been radically changed by the love of Christ on the inside. Now the opposite of an almost Christian is an altogether Christian. The one whose life has utterly been transformed by their relationship with Jesus. We've been exploring the Advent theme so far of peace and hope and diving in to how to move from an almost peace and an almost hope to an altogether peace and an almost and an altogether hope this Advent season. Now, even a superficial Christian, the almost Christian, can carry out a loving lifestyle. This person isn't bad, they're not evil, but they just exhibit a lack of depth. They almost love. Their actions, their thoughts, their feelings don't penetrate all the way to their heart. And almost love is a love that only welcomes the parts of people that are desirable, palatable, and easy to handle. We know about an almost love, don't we? I mean, it's dangerous to allow our whole selves to be known by others, isn't it? We're afraid to allow other people to see our completely authentic selves because we're afraid we won't be lovable. And so what do we do? We only show other people the parts of ourselves that we think they will find acceptable. I mean, think about the way we present ourselves on Facebook or Instagram. You know that just two weeks from today, it'll be Christmas morning. And we're going to start seeing photos of our friend's family on Christmas morning. And they're all going to be wearing their matching red and black plaid flannel jammies, right? Their hair will be perfectly combed. And everyone will have bright smiles on their face. Now, I don't know about your family, (laughs) but I can tell you my family never looked like that on Christmas morning. I mean, we only post the beautiful pictures of our vacation. We only post about the best restaurants where we have the privilege to eat and all our friends are dying to get into. We try and show the world these things as if they are the sum total of our life. I mean, I have to tell you, I've never posted a picture of what I look like when I roll out of bed in the morning. I've never posted a picture of me screaming at someone in traffic on Beachmont Avenue when they cut me off. I've never posted a picture of that loud elevator or that loud ice machine just outside my hotel room door on vacation. Now, occasionally I've seen someone post a picture after having a hard day, or maybe someone will post a picture with no makeup on, or they will post a few vague phrases about a difficult situation they're going through. But these are really still pretty easily digested soundbites, aren't they? Meant to ensure that everyone will still see us as lovable as they consume our online persona. But this is really just an almost love, because people only ever encounter an almost us. And if we're really honest, this is the version of ourselves that we feel comfortable bringing to church on Sunday morning, isn't it? Dressed up, smiling, presentable. I mean, most people, before they ever check out a new church, try and find out what's acceptable to wear so they will fit in when they show up at the door. It's almost as if we're unable or unwilling to even accept being loved altogether, together. And so we strive for an almost love in the mistaken belief that an almost love is better than no love at all. Maybe we don't even believe the truth that love, real love, is waiting for us. Last week, Pastor John shared a little bit about Mary, the mother of Jesus, and her story. So often we think about Mary's story and we reduce it to a really simplistic one. An angel appeared to Mary. Mary became pregnant with the Christ child, and then Christ saves the world. But if we step back for just a moment and really think about what happened, this story shines a light on the way in which God often transforms the almost- into the altogether. In the first chapter of Luke, we find a teenaged girl who's very surprised that she is visited by an angel out of the blue. And in the precise moment that Gabriel tells Mary she is going to become pregnant and give birth to the Son of God, Mary doesn't say yes, and she doesn't say no right away. She presses... Pause for a second, and she asks a question. Now, that is a really remarkable response. We know that Mary was greatly troubled by the appearance of the angel, and yet she's bold enough to stop the angel and what he is saying so that she can ask him a question. How can this be? Since I am a virgin, Mary asked. And in a moment of her present and future uncertainty, Mary asked a clarifying question. She needed a little more information before stepping out into the great unknown. And Gabriel answered Mary's question. He even gave her some additional information about her relative Elizabeth, who was also pregnant. Mary is just asking the angel to slow down for a second. And after Gabriel answered her question, Mary said, yes. And her yes, her willingness to take on the unknown, was an act of Mary's altogether love toward God. God had first shown his altogether loving favor upon Mary And she responded with an altogether loving response to God. She burst forth in a song that has been passed down through the ages and is worth hearing a second time today. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble estate of his servant. From now on, generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, holy He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. These words of praise to God have come to be known as Mary's Magnificat, after the first word in the Latin translation for magnifies. This is Mary's expression of her altogether love for God after the altogether love god has shown toward her you see an altogether love runs deep and altogether love expresses itself to everyone it isn't reserved for people with pretty outward experiences or only for those who are nice to us and altogether love isn't shown out of obligation It's risky. It requires hope. And it is always a response to the love which God has shown us. We know that the primary attribute of of God's character is love. He demonstrated his altogether love for us by coming down from heaven to earth in the life of his only son, Jesus, our Lord. He gave himself away completely for us. He died the death that we deserved while we were still sinners. That proves God's love for us. He loves us no matter who we are or what we've done. And we are called to respond to God's love by loving God with all our hearts and by loving other people in the same way. Here's how the apostle John expresses it in 1 John chapter 4 verses 7 to 12. Dear friends, he writes, Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. I love how this passage tells us emphatically that love comes from God. There is no other source of true love because God is love. And John tells us that we should respond to God's love for us by loving other people. We are, lo- we are to love the people who God loves. Love begins with God, who is love loving us. And when we fall in love with God and return his love, we also manifest his love to others by loving them just like God does. Jesus teaches us something very similar in John 15, beginning in verse 12. Jesus said, My command is this love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants. each other. You see Jesus actually commands us both at the beginning in verse 12 and again at the end in verse 17 to love each other so it seems it must be pretty important, right? Jesus is our lord and our master, so we certainly should obey his commands and yet he also calls us friends in this passage. Now, I've known some bossy people in my life. But if that's the way they always are, bossing everyone else around, it's kind of hard to be friends with that kind of a person, isn't it? I mean, friends do things for each other, they do it out of friendship, out of mutual respect, out of a desire to be kind. And so, even though Jesus is commanding us to love one another as our Lord and our Master, I think he also expects that we will out of our friendship for him, out of our desire to please him, to make him happy. Jesus showed us the example of the most sacrificial kind of love the world has ever known. He was willing to lay down his life for his friends, and he did. When he freely laid down his life on the cross, there is no greater love than to give one's life for a friend. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. And when the depth of God's altogether love for us sinks in, how are we supposed to respond? We respond by patterning our lives after the example of our Lord, Jesus. So that we become more and more and more like him in our words, in our actions, in our deeds. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, we're told these words, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God I have always found this to be a most powerful passage of Scripture. Jesus emptying himself of heaven and all of his heavenly status to step down into earth and become both God and human. And he didn't use any of his power for his own sake on earth, but he used it all for the sake of, Of others. When we truly understand the lengths that God went through to show His love for us, it changes us. It transforms us. Our almost love grows and grows into an altogether love that looks more and more and more like God's love. What would change if you? moved from an almost to an altogether love for God? And this Advent, what are some ways you can respond to God and move toward an altogether love? The best thing that any one of us can do to move towards having an altogether love for God and others is to cultivate a deep, personal, intimate, one-on-one relationship with God, to allow God to transform us and to continue to reach for personal holiness and sanctification in our life. So many of the Advent narratives with different people show how a personal encounter with God transformed people. Mary had an encounter with God and she burst into praise. Elizabeth had an encounter with the yet as yet unborn Lord Jesus who was still inside Mary's womb. And her own baby leaped within her as she also exclaimed praise to the Lord. The shepherds had an encounter with the Lord and they they ran to tell everybody they could tell about what had happened to them. And the three kings encountered Jesus and they bowed down and worshipped. When we deepen our relationship with the Lord, it causes us to respond in praise, in worship, in obedience, and in service. Are you spending time talking with God, listening to God, reading God's word, and worshiping God? Could you take another step in any of these habits to grow closer to the Lord this Advent season? Spending time alone with the Lord allows us to be truly honest with him. It allows us to come before him without any pretense. We can come as our true selves, not our Instagram selves, not our Facebook selves. God knows us better than we even know ourselves, so there is absolutely no reason to pretend with him. Sometimes we may wonder if God can really love us just as we are. I mean, the world can be a dangerous place to reveal our true selves to other people. We hide our imperfections, don't we? And we maybe even try and hide our true selves from God, too. We think that we have to wait until we're good enough, get our act together, or clean ourselves up enough for God. And spending time alone with the Lord, just the Lord and me, alone is one of the ways that the Lord reminds me that I am truly loved and that God can use me for good in his kingdom just like I am. And it also serves to remind me that God is never finished with me when I'm open and willing and obedient and he will move me onward into Christian perfection. This Advent, we are invited to reflect on the ways in which God moved people in the Advent Christmas story into an altogether love for God and neighbor. Mary and Elizabeth, who said yes to love and to the unknown. Shepherds, who said yes to spreading an irrational, hopeful message. Angels, who spread the news of a king who intended not to possess and oppress, but to love. And this Advent, God is inviting us to move into an altogether love for God and neighbor. And it brings me back to thinking about David Crowder's song again. That last verse when we sing, and heaven meets earth with an unforeseen kiss. Isn't that what Advent and Christmas is all about? Heaven came down to earth in Jesus Christ unforeseen, unexpected, to a little town called Bethlehem, not a seat of power, not a powerful place, and the altogether love of heaven kissed earth in a supreme expression of love. And one day, heaven will not only kiss earth, but heaven will come down and join earth. Everything old will pass away, and a new heaven and a new earth will be joined forever as one, just like Christ and his bride will be one. And this good news, this altogether love, does something inside of us. We sang, and my heart turns violently inside my chest. My heart is changed. My heart is transformed vigorously, strongly, violently, completely by the altogether love of God. And when it does, we don't have time to regret our past. All we can do is live in the altogether loving future with God. And the people God loves. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us. Oh. Will you pray with me? Oh, God. I ask you to reveal anything that is keeping me from receiving the fullness of your love. Show me any barriers that I put up to try and insulate myself from you and from others. God, I want to tear my barriers down. I want to be just my real self with you, my real authentic self, the one you already know and love. Lord, draw me into a desire to spend more time alone with you. I want to freely share with you what's on my heart. And I want to listen to you tell me what's on yours. Lord, fill me with your truth. Help me to tune out the lies I've listened to too often. That I'm unworthy of your love that I have to do something to earn it. Let me spend time in your word, which is filled with your truths of your great love for me. Lord, I renounce and repent of all the sin in my life. I want to be obedient to you. I want to follow you. I don't want my sin to be a barrier between you and me. Cleanse me by the blood of my Lord Jesus Christ. Remove my sin from me as far as the east is from the west and leave it in the sea of forgetfulness. Lord, let your altogether love for me lead me to an altogether love for you and for my neighbor. I want to love you and love others fully. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Amen.